You're listening to Nick Luck Daily. This edition is brought to you by Fitzdares, by the Racehorse Owners Association, and by Thoroughbred Racing Commentary's Global Rankings. Good morning, welcome to the show. It is Friday, January the 26th, coming to you once again from Florida. I was on duty last night at the Eclipse Awards, where the big European winner was in Spiral, joining a fairly select band of uh, European-trained horses who've won one of these prestigious gongs. And the big winner of the whole night was Cody's Wish, the horse whose story and that of his namesake, the late Cody Dorman, touched everybody in American horse racing and beyond. His trainer, Bill Mott, was trainer of the year for the first time since the days of Cigar, and he received a standing ovation. More about Inspiral's triumph with Chris Richardson from Cheveley Park Stud later in the programme. He also brings us news of Alaho, who will miss the Cheltenham Festival, uh, and Envoi Allen and Grange Clare West as well. Plus, we hear from Joe Chambers, a racing manager to Rich and Susanna Ritchie, uh, about the administrative error that is in the process of being corrected as regards Lossy Mouth's weight in tomorrow's um, Unibet International Bueller, whatever it's called, hurdle. You know the one I mean, anyway. At Cheltenham, part of a terrific trials day there. We'll also be hearing from Johnny Burke, the rider of Love Envoy, who could be her biggest danger if she comes back to her best. He has some quite interesting comments on that. Uh, first of all, however, we need to address the ownership of uh, Andrew and Gemma Brown, who raced their horses under their business name of Caldwell Construction. And they announced yesterday that they were taking a break from the game. We'll hear in a moment from their racing manager, Joey Logan. Uh, Lydia, what are the uh, circumstances surrounding uh, Andrew and Gemma's decision to to uh, back out completely? Well, this is um, a sad story, and I do feel for them um the announcement was made that their horses were going to be sold in a dispersal sale and then they made a statement via x and i'll read it to you it says further to the sad loss of one of our young horses db cooper again as a family we are absolutely heartbroken also we lost smooth player only just two weeks ago having a young family it's hard to cope with such losses and therefore we feel it is time for a break from the sport and obviously they also lost mighty potter that huge talent last season db cooper a, a young and very talented horse that uh broke down at fairy house uh on wednesday um and it's just I, I, you can feel the pain in that in that tweet in 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 many ways i think and it, it must be difficult when you have young children to be able to explain the whole of the sport you know you have all those highs but you also have some very significant lows and you know these are people who have been in the sport uh, for a, rel a relatively short space of time and they went from naught to 60 very 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 fast indeed and they had some fabulous horses in training they had a Cheltenham festival winner but they were winning grade ones long before that as well and now they've left the sport or paused the sport uh, equally as quickly. But it's their hobby, you know, and, and why would you continue to do something that you are finding painful? So um, I, I, I do very much understand it. I have sympathy for them. Um, but of course, it has some implications with the sport as well, that statement. Mm. Um, absolutely, it, it, it does. Um, let's hear from Joey Logan 
uh, he's been alongside the Browns since their uh, involvement in racing began. Um, and together with them, he's enjoyed five grade one winners and a Cheltenham Festival winner. And uh, this is what he had to say. Yes, Nick. Um, look, obviously, Andy and Gemma uh, made a statement yesterday where they had some very much success and they had some unluck losing, uh, obviously, Mighty Potter and then was replaced by D.B. Cooper. They're, they're a young family and they have um, made a decision and they made a, made a statement yesterday that answers enough for the public and for everyone, but obviously they had very, very much success and they really enjoyed the game over the last few years. It sounds as though, from from the way that I read that, that it might not be the very end for their involvement in racing, that they've sort of left the door half ajar to make a return if the circumstances were right. Is that, from speaking to them, and is that the way you see it, or is it all too raw at the moment? No, I've been speaking to Andy on numerous occasions in the last couple of days, and they're only a very young couple, obviously 40, in their early 40s, and they're very busy with uh, their business and young kids. I've no doubt that it's not the end of Andy and Gemma in racing. No doubt that we'll have horses in. It might take some time, but no doubt they will be back in the game. Well, that's that's reassuring to hear. And, and just in terms of the 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 method of of doing this, selling them all at, 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 through public auction. Um, uh, would would there have been an alternative? Would you have would would you have gone around and tried to try to find owners for them privately, potential or potentially, or is this is this the way it has to be done? No, we have um, numerous phone calls of people, agents, owners, trainers, everyone on trying to buy horses and see are they for sale, to move to different yards and to stay with Gordon in the yard. That's very important for the public to know that. It's only fair to sell them at public auction and it's for there for anyone to come and buy the horses mm-hmm. and view the horses and see them. Okay, so so they are going to be on the market for for all comers and theoretically they could head where, where people want to send them, albeit that, albeit that you would like them, obviously, to stay in training with Gordon Elliott. Absolutely, absolutely. It, it, it is, it is um, a public auction and... They're there to be sold, and I think it's the very fair to the public and for anybody that's looking to buy a very young, exciting uh, Cheltenham uh, horse. Young, there's a very there's 29 horses, and there's some very exciting young horses in it that has a massive future. Um, just remind me of the date of the sale, uh, Joey. Uh, the sale is looking to be on. The 5th, on Monday the 5th, now we did look into it yesterday and we, we announced the 6th, but it's looking that like it's going to be on the Monday after Dublin Festival Racing. Does that preclude any of these horses running at the Dublin Racing Festival if they don't change hands privately before then? There's no, absolutely no horse will be running in Dublin Festival and they will not change, not one horse will change hands previous to the sale. Okay. Every horse will be going to the sale to be sold at public auction. And nothing and no horses will run for, for the Browns between now and the and the sale. Unfortunately not. Every horse will not be 
running between now and the sale. All right, that was Joey Logan. Uh, well, what we learned there was that the horses wouldn't be running at the Dublin Racing Festival and um, they would have to go through public auction the following day. So there's no possibility of somebody buying one between now and then and running running said horse at Dublin. So that I hadn't realised, Lydia. No, that that takes this forward. That is something new. And I think it's it's very clear. And I think it's very fair. So, you know, that some lines of the sand have been drawn clearly and everyone understands where we are. OK, um, some disappointing news yesterday was that Alaho would not head to Cheltenham in a bid for a third Ryanair chase. Uh, he missed last year, of course, and, and the race was won by his owner mate, uh, Envoy Allen, but he'd won the previous two and in devastating fashion as well. And he came back with a nice win at Thurless the other day, having been a shade uh, below par in the King George. Um, Lydia, what do we know about this? We know that um, Alaho has got a hind leg sprain. Um, that is how it has been uh, characterised and that Willie Mullins, who's currently in Barbados, let Richard Thompson of Chiefly Park Stud know this and uh, hence that Alaho was uh, unlikely for Cheltenham. Now, it, this has got sort of layers to it, hasn't it? Because uh, Willie's out in Barbados and uh, normally he'd want a second, third, fourth and fifth opinion before such information surfaced to the general public. So uh, I would imagine he will be taking another look when he comes back. That's only sensible, but it's right to alert uh, the public that there there is a problem with Alaho. And the statement made is that he will miss Cheltenham. They hope to get back uh, for Punchestan. I mean, I, I thought his third win in the Horse and Jockey Hotel um, chase was a bit flat, and this might explain it uh, if he um, he suffered the the problem during the course of it, because you know, c comparatively, the time was poor uh, against the earlier Course and Distance Mares chase, and he seemed to lack you know the verve of um, of previous wins in that race and previous seasons that we have seen from him. And the race, as you've just mentioned, was rather depleted because Envoy Allen uh, was withdrawn due to being coughing in the morning. Uh, Capadano runs at Cots the Cotswold Chase. Appreciate it turned up in body only. Uh, the rain came for French Dynamite and he broke a blood vessel as well and lost a couple of shoes. And, and Statler, you know, Statler, who is a, a marathon chaser, surely, and maybe a candidate for the cross-country chase, seemed to muster some sort of challenge to out. So I hadn't taken a positive view of the form. In many ways, I, I now excuse it from with this with this uh, news. However, given the age that Alaho is, uh, and this being another um, setback after the poor thing got that uh, spleen injury last season, uh, one has to fear that we might not see Alaho reaching the same height as he did when he was absolutely brilliant in 2021 and 2022 to win the Ryanair. Those two victories will be something that I will take with me for the rest of my life. All right. Well, I can I can actually span the transatlantic news now with a, a commiseration and a congratulation with uh, Alaho out of the Cheltenham Festival and and, a, and an Eclipse Award for Cheveley Park Stud, courtesy of the wonderful Inspiral, and of course confirming the news last night that she'll she'll stay in training next year. Um, Chris Richardson is is back at base camp at, at Cheveley Park Stud, the managing director. Uh, Richard Thompson, Patricia Thompson were here in in Florida last night, but. Um, I'm certainly not going to be giving them a call at 5:15 a.m. Um, Chris, how did the, how did the news of Inspiral first of all go down back at back at base, winning the Eclipse Award, a hugely prestigious honour for her? 
Oh, just fantastic. Just a magical moment. Um, I have to say that I was up pretty early this morning to uh, to uh, see the result and um, get the result as soon as I could. And it was just uh, magical. And I'm so thrilled that, uh, you know, Patricia Thompson and her son Richard were there and, and able to enjoy the moment. And, you know, you and I um, and many others um, enjoyed such a magic moment at the Breeders' Cup when uh, Inspiral was so impressive and um, just showed the, the class that she has and um, um, what a filly I mean we're so lucky to have bred a, a magnificent filly probably um, dare I say it the best filly we've ever we've ever bred but um, um, and it's and it's so exciting that she stays in training as well so plenty to look forward to as well and and uh, very much on a high and the the flag at Cheveley Park Stud is flying high today. I, I bet it is, and of course that's a that's a great tradition as well. When you when you have Group One winners, normally isn't it that the flag goes up, or is it just a, a group winner? What what normally gets gets the flag up? Yeah, group winners get the flag up. So um, um, we felt that this was uh, this was a definite group win and a fantastic way to start twenty twenty four. Would you anticipate that the the twenty four campaign will look quite similar to to last year, and that you'll you'll wait a little bit before you before you unleash her? Yes, I would imagine, um, you know, we'll be, we'll be our usual patient selves. I mean, she's a filly, and I know, you know, Patricia Thompson is is um, is adamant that uh, she must wait until she tells us she's ready, and um, every year it seems to be Royal Ascot um, in June. However, um, I'm sure that we will be keeping half an eye on um, the lockinge, um in May, uh, in the event that um, being that much older and a, you know more mature, both mentally and physically, um, she might be able to um, step up a bit earlier. She had a, a lovely month's break, um, five-week break at the stud uh, in her usual pad- paddock with her uh, companion. Um, so uh, she certainly enjoyed that, although obviously the weather was a bit tricky, but um, uh, very much looking forward to, to seeing her again this year, which I think is you know, it's such a fantastic decision for, you know, for, for Mrs. T to have made to, to, to keep her in training. Mm. Uh, and and in terms of her, her sort of achievements so far, I, I wondered what you made of, of the way that her career, I'm not saying it was on the skids, but there were just a couple of moments where it just threatened not to kind of quite go in the direction that you wanted it to, to get her back on track to win a second Jacques Lemaire and then do what she did in, in, in America. You've seen a lot of good horses be well trained over the years where does that rate do you think from your close-up perspective oh i think phenomenal um for, you know achievement really i mean um, you know we're, we're uh, you know we're, we're, you know these fillies they these really good fillies they they give their all they just give 110 percent of of everything they have on every occasion and um you know frankie has uh, written her beautifully they get on amazingly well i think there's a terrific rapport between the two and when Frankie says go um, you know she finds that magic and um, and showed that at the Breeders' Cup and obviously John and Sadie Gosden um, you know have a, a wealth of, of wonderful fillies uh, in the yard um, and others that um, you know that they can they can see all together and it's um, it's uh, you know one of those sort of magic moments to I mean to win two Jacques Lamarois um and to sort of emulate Miesque, who I was fortunate enough to foal um, many years ago when I worked for the Nyakas family in America. So a huge pride in, in having achieved something similar again. 
Um, I don't really want to end on a low note, but um, we started this conversation by talking about Alaho, who you ruled out of the of the Ryanair chase this year after his his comeback win the other day at, at Thurless in the horse and jockey. Um, how how serious do you think that injury is? Um, well, Nick, I think the you know he's obviously um, strained from what I understand um, a hock behind which. Um, obviously, it's it's a complicated joint. There are various um, tendons and uh, various other attachments that um, that all uh, all link to that particular joint. And and um, the ground was um, you know was was obviously a bit you know was it was a bit testing. So I think the the feeling is um, although I know uh, Willie's away at the moment, but uh, I think the feeling the feeling is that uh, sadly he's going to need some time just to. Um, uh, some box rest and some rest and recuperation for for a couple of three weeks, um, whilst further investigations are ongoing. So, um, just initially, we just felt it was important that uh, um, you know the news was was out there on the basis of well, you know his uh, you know his wonderful win and, and and looking like he was coming back to his best over that favoured trip and and uh, um, you know Cheltenham was on the horizon, but. Uh, um, sadly, not to be. I mean, obviously, he's a, a wonderful horse. He's won two Ryanairs, so we're we're, we're um, you know thrilled that uh, you know he's done what he's done, and you know hopefully um, if we're if we're patient, and um, I think uh, that's very much a long term view that um, you know we'll 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 know more, and, and hopefully you know there's a small chance that he you know may be back for Punchestown, and that's what we'll target. But uh, obviously, he'll tell us when he's ready, and 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 obviously wants to. Uh, uh, Willie's back, and I'll have a full, full, you know, a full picture. Mm. Of course, you've still got last year's winner, uh, Envoy Allen, um, in the in the mix. He he missed his engagement the other day. Is he is he okay? Yes, he's fine. He just had a little. He was just coughing a little bit, and um, we, you know, I suppose, um, you know, speaking to Henry, he just said, "Look, I I'm not hundred um, percent happy, so let's uh, let's just go straight mm. to Cheltenham." Um, you know, he, he runs fresh, and um, obviously, uh, yes, he, he. As far as we're concerned, uh, the mantle's been handed on to him, but uh, uh, no, no mean deputy, hopefully. And and the mantle overall for the jumpers might have been handed to to Grange Clare West on on the basis of what he did over over Christmas. Is that? I know you're very cautious, quite rightly, but is the excitement level fairly high with him? And and are we going to see him in the in the Ladbrokes at the Dublin Racing Festival? Um, I think so. Um, you know, obviously, uh, Richard Thompson is uh, very much. Um, um, he's, he's pretty. He's pretty. Pretty hands on with these, isn't he? As much as he can be. Yeah, it, it's very much his thing, and I'm very much leaving it to him to uh, um, to enjoy and embrace and and, and to inform um, you know everybody about. So, uh, but I, I believe yes, there's uh, we're we're obviously thrilled um, that Grange Clare West did you know has won so impressively and and uh, and looks uh, an exciting prospect, and um, I think there's a strong chance that yes, he'll he'll be at the Dublin Festival. All right, that was Chris Richardson, um, and a shame about Alaho, no doubt. And good to hear that Grange Clare West is banned for the Dublin Racing Festival. And uh, we know that another uh, Willie Mullins star, uh, Lossie Mouth, the Triumph Hurdle winner, is going to go to Cheltenham tomorrow. But as I touched on at the beginning of the programme, there's been a bit of a cock-up, really. That's the only way you can describe it, as regards what weight she was supposed to be carrying. It looks as though there's a, a bit of a resolution um, uh, in, in coming. We're going to hear from Joe Chambers in a minute on that but Lydia worth explaining just how this has come about 
Well, this was flagged up by uh, members of the the media, um, sort of certainly Tony Calvin was uh, talking about it yesterday, and I think internally within the Lossy Mouth camp it had been noted. But essentially, um, Lossy Mouth was allotted eleven stone three, when according to the race conditions, she should only have been penalised uh, a half of the £6 penalty you get for winning a Grade 1 or Grade 2 race because she won a juvenile. And it looks as though, I'm only speculating here, that uh, the her win at Punchestown has been mistakenly counted as um, a, a non-juvenile race when clearly it was within the juvenile terms within the season. So that just looks like a straight-up error. Um, I contacted uh, Stuart Middleton from the British Horse Racing Authority uh, this morning and he has since been on to Weatherby's and the off upshot of that is that uh, the uh, she will carry the correct weight, thankfully, on Saturday and that all all's well that ends well in that regard. Well, I tell you what, Lydia, let's bring uh, Joe Chambers in, uh, obviously a regular on this podcast and racing manager to Rich and Susanna Ritchie. Now, I dare say most owners wouldn't have spotted this, Joe, um, but I'm suspecting that you probably did. When did you set set their hairs running? Uh, Probably yesterday evening, if honest. Um, Kind of when the entries came out on Monday, Rich and I... We, as we tend to kind of went through any multiple entries and looked at which race might be more suitable before the weights are published 24 hours later, um, just because we're um, impatient. Um, and it appeared we got our maths wrong when the when uh, declarations were announced uh, yesterday. Uh, that being said, it was yesterday afternoon before I got round to it. And, and in fairness, a couple of other people um, had been on in the meantime also, but... I got in touch with David and Ruby, and I know David then subsequently got in touch with the BHA. Um, and I understand, but not yet seen, that um, um, her uh, lossy mouth's weight will be um, reflected back to eleven stone, which is as per the conditions of the ra- of the race card. Uh, L- Lydia, is that is that progress? I mean, I, I I'm, I'm definitely can envisage a time where the, the intransigence might have been such they just went, no, it's got to be a non-runner or got to carry the yeah. public weight or something like that. I mean, it, be, be, being sort of somewhat agile seems a sensible thing to do. Definitely. I'm getting the impression that essentially the BHA are saying that is an error. Let's correct it and we'll sort out the whys and wherefores afterwards. And I think, yes, that is progress. Okay, so that's that's good news. Is she in good form? What prompted the the call to go to Cheltenham rather than Donny in the end, Joe? Uh, I I just think it's the fact that the team and Close Sutton are extremely happy with her. Um, I, I think I've been pretty vocal on um, this this um, platform that we were intentionally taking our time with her throughout this season, and that we felt if we had done so with some previous juveniles, we might have been rewarded in the longer term uh, as a result. So. Uh, I know she had the entry at Cheltenham on New Year's Day, but that kind of seemed to fly in the face of what we were trying to ultimately achieve. And um, I I just think once constitution, our plan was kind of Doncaster uh, all along. We'd been there with Vroom Vroom, we'd been there with Annie, um, and it was against her own sex in two miles. And while I appreciate, as you said yesterday, ambitious, possibly uh, somewhat logical at the same time for her first run of the season, and um, once Constitution Hill um, fancy a trip up the road, uh, we said we'd happily have an away game. And uh, that kind of changed the dynamic a little bit for us. And 
I just think the team are very, very happy with her. She hasn't missed a day. Touchwood, she'll continue to play sound, and they're quite confident that she has improved somewhat from her four-year-old to five-year-old uh, season. All right, Lydia, if if Lossie Math goes and absolutely bolts up, mm. um, admittedly against horses that she 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 should be beating if she's got a championship aspirations as an, an older mare, um, uh, what race should she run at the Cheltenham Festival? Well, obviously, I'm going to say the champion hurdle, but first, can I compliment... And you'd be right. Can I compliment Joe on his use, deft use of the wooden spoon in uh, that, uh, that first answer? Oh, what the away, the away game, uh-huh. the, away ga- the away game trigger, and uh, and up the road, not going up the road. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. both of those things. Yeah. Deft. Uh, well, he sh- she should run in the champion hurdle. Um, particularly, I think Ruboard is going to be the interesting one there, seeing as he was absolutely thumped by Constitution Hill. What will she be able to do about him? So even particularly first time out, I'm question. I, I question what Love Envoy is at the moment. I'm afraid. Um, I oh, hope I'm, she is what she was. I'm gonna I'm gonna pause you both right there because we're gonna hear from Love Envoy's rider, um, Johnny Burke now, and I asked him to what extent that rather. Mm, indifferent performance at Sandown, I-, I thought anyway, on her on her comeback run, uh, was in any way reflective of her actual ability level? Uh, not very accurate. Uh, I think she was only just about ready to start. And um, I suppose we probably all got sucked in on the lead up to it with Constitution Hill not running and she became favourite and stuff. And um, it obviously was a disappointing disappointing run the way she went through the rest but the finishing result probably wasn't that bad um, but in saying that she's probably put two disappointing runs back to back now with punches sound and um, and uh, stand under the day so what we're looking for on um, Saturday is for her to go through the rest fluently again um, and kind of see her back back to her to her best really and are there indications that that might happen from what you've seen and heard from Harry Fry, seen at home, whatever. Is, are you, do you feel hopeful or confident that that could happen? Yeah, definitely more confident now, yeah, because I, I actually hadn't ridden her much at home throughout her career to date, and uh, I rode her plenty before um, the Fighting Fifth, and she, she schooled a few times, and she was very, very brave schooling, uh, which was a worry, but we just thought we'd get her to the track and see. And then she went to the track and she stood off the first two hurdles like she'd never, never seen him and was just very laboured. Uh, since um, the fight and fish, she's schooled much better. She's looking better and she seems to have really turned turn the corner. So um, we're probably hopeful and, yeah, hopeful and we're confident that she'll run a better race and uh, hopeful of the, of the result, really. Okay. Um, l- talk to me about Gidley Park, who is even money favourite in what looks a warm novice's hurdle. Is that as good as you think he is? I wouldn't really be sure about the price now. Um, he's obviously taken another step in the ladder. Um, he's he's a horse we hold in high regard. He, he's, he's answered every question so far. He was very impressive in Newbury, which what looked a deep enough field and um, form has been qu- quietly frank since. So he's very good, but he's, he's a very big horse and he's still quite still quite raw. So it's another step in his learning curve and hopefully he can take it. Um, I loved him from from day day one, and and he's done nothing but he was good in his bumper, and he was good next, and he was very good the last day. So, looking forward to him. But uh, as I said, I'm not sure about the the price. Right, that was Johnny Burke, rider of Love Envoy, and of course Gidley Park tomorrow as well. Joe Chambers is back with us because I couldn't let you go 
uh, without talking about the the fish, Monkfish. He's back and he won. And he won quite impressively. Yeah, it was fantastic to see. Um, look, I think as he, as you know, he'd been ready to go for some time. Um, we've had a clear run with him this season. Um and he's had a couple of away days. So he was pretty fit, if not match fit. And I think he kind of saw that leaving the back straight. He came off it a little bit as the pace quickened. But for Fordham to jump the last within a length or two lengths of each other and him to put what he did back to the second and the other two to practically walk over the line uh, was 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 pretty pleasing. As well as the attitude he showed on the run to the last. There wasn't a lot of room and he got down and dirty a bit and a horse that's had the, the battle scars that he's had over the last number of years, for him to still have the the courage and the willingness, I think um, uh, that was hugely pleasing. So absolutely delighted. But there was plenty of days we didn't think it would happen. Um, but it, it's great to see him back and get his head in front. And, um, you know, as of an hour ago, I was told he was perfectly good and sound and was uh, healthy as a, a as a bee this morning as well. So that's also encouraging. Okay. Um Again, I'll, I'll throw this back to Lydia. I, Joe did say on this podcast the other day, Lydia, that there was no interest in in fannying around anymore over hurdles after he'd after he'd got his comeback run under his belt. Um, would you be of the same mind? Yeah, I don't know. He's obviously very difficult to keep sound, isn't he? I, I'm I'm more open minded about what they might choose to do. It must be tempting to have a go at the Gold Cup. At the same time, you want a horse that can be physically held together. And so maybe the stayers hurdle in that scenario is the safer option. Uh, as I say, I, I, with given the record that Monkfish has and what's happened to him over the years, that I think that is very much the owner and trainer's trainer's call um, because we're, we're not talking about a horse that's constitutionally sound. No pun. Actually, I was going to say no pun intended. Pun intended. Um, we're talking about we're talking about a horse that's got a catalogue of problems. So I think that is very much down to those closest to him. The great thing about Monkfish, by the way, I was at Gorn for the first time yesterday, um, is that even if you're sure like me he is so tall you can actually get quite a good picture of him even if you're standing about seven people back so I've got several good photos on my phone of monkfish in the winner's enclosure yesterday I would imagine it, when he's out at pasture in the summer he can sort of pluck apples off a tree like a giraffe <laughs> monkfish um, not suggesting he's in, in, in a giraffe in any other respect of course um, Joe he's a, a, a dearly beloved horse of this podcast and everybody else just about so there you are will the owner's husband um, demand a gold cup run for, for Monkfish? Well, just to put some meat on on, uh, on those bones, um, I, I think when we spoke during the week, Telem was still in the world, in the stairs hurdle. Obviously, he is not now. I think Rich's feeling last night was to stay over hurdles, to Lydia's point, to keep him sound. Um, that would help, and perhaps it looks a bit more winnable than what the current makeup of the gold cup is. Uh, speaking to the trainer last night, who has been as hard to get hold of as you off Instagram of late, Mr. Look, um, his view was to stay over hurdles as well until I pointed out to him that he only had two entries in the Gold Cup. Um, so heaven forbid if something happened to Gallop and Deschamps, what would that mean from a monkfish point of view? So um, I, I think that'll be a Monday evening, Tuesday morning of um, of the Cheltenham Festival decision. And um, uh, if we make it before that, I'll be surprised, but obviously we might. But um, I'd be absolutely uh, astonished. I'd be astonished, Joe. This is Willie Mullins. You, you and I both know. There's no way that that's, that decision is going to be made until as late as possible for the reasons you've just outlined. 
Uh, it, you know, once bitten, twice shy, and the tour gate and all that. You know, I couch my <laughs> words probably more so than I ever did before when it comes to running plans. <laughs> Good. Well, after your rather below the belt barb at my at my uh, social media output, I think that's quite enough from you. But thank you very much. And uh, <laughs> I enjoyed it, Joe. <laughs> congratulations. Glad to hear, Nick. I have transport arranged both to and from tomorrow's festivities. Um, given uh, my my present chauffeur is uh, is on Instagram somewhere on the uh, east coast of Florida. <laughs> thank you very much. Goodbye. <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> Thanks to to Joe, Lydia. Before we park the issue to do with Cheltenham tomorrow, I did earlier in the show say the um, Unibet International Bueller Hurdle, half jokingly. I mean, the race hasn't been called the Bueller Hurdle for quite a long time, though. I think it, it still has been registered as the Bueller Hurdle, uh, has it? Yeah, I'm I'm under the impression that it was registered as the Bueller Hurdle and right. called the International Hurdle. This goes back to the days of Peter McNeil, who um, changed a lot of the sponsorship arrangements at Cheltenham, particularly at the festival, but also in the whole season running up to that and other sponsorships within the Jockey Club Racecourse group to link with the Cheltenham Festival. And the International Hurdle inexplicably was created given that, I mean, maybe it was international once or twice, but really it was just a silly name. You know, regular listeners of this podcast and regular readers of things that I I write will know that I think that this sport too often values our heritage too lightly and that obliterating important names of the past like Beulah from their connection to races. I mean, races are celebrated that way for a, a very good um, reason and this happens on both sides of the Irish Sea. I mean, we had the Horse and Jockey Hotel chase, for example, that we we're talking about. That is the Kinloch Bray, you know. That is the uh, Anne Duchess of Westminster's brilliant winner of the Cathcart, who you know was leading as favourite in the Gold Cup when falling three out in 1970. You know, there were there were reasons why these these races are given those titles and. I understand that sponsors want to get bang from that for their buck, and they say that too often, you know, their name is left out and the, the the historic name of the race is put there instead. I think we should endeavour to have both. Um, I don't think it is right when sponsors move out uh, the name of uh, the historic name of a race. Um, I think that it le- it leads to confusion amongst um, punters and fans of the sport. You only have to listen now to people going what's what's the coral gold cup and what's the paddy power gold what is that is that the race run in november what, what what's going on there people are just frankly confused those names are used to navigate the season they have an important function now on the flat for group one and group two races the uh, name of the race has to be um re- registered it has to be part of the the handle of the race it has to be recognized in that kind of way jump races do not have the same kind of protection in britain and i think they should you know in theory you could have rather than the champion hurdle you could have the unibet hurdle you know and and that just you know, it cannot be good for the long-term sport right lydia i'd i'd want to canvas your views on a few things quick fire questions bob ollinger goes for the irish champion hurdle against state man and maybe ampere pass and others i like that do you Yes, great idea. Great idea. I, I mean, staying is not his bag. He is a quicker horse than that. Uh, he looked like he was really. I mean, he built on his win at Navan with that win in the in the Rel Keel. I, I, he looks like, to a large degree, he is back. I mean, he's not exuding the same kind of brilliance he is as a novice, but he's had some issues. Um, he's a bit. He's a little bit quirky. But I like that. I like that move a lot. And the plan does seem beyond that. Seems to be the champion hurdle as well. That's also a plan that I like. 
Yes, there might be some quite interesting runners in the champion hurdle, which is it's great, isn't it? Exciting, yeah. They're all yeah. Having, they're going to have a go. Good. And if you can get Lossy Mouth in there as well, then happy days. Right, a dream to share is not leaving the ground anytime soon. It seems. He's, <laughs> he, I mean, this isn't news. It's been rolling around this week, but he's going to go for the bumper again at Leopardstown for his comeback. Uh, the race he won last year also won the Cheltenham bumper, also won the Punchdown bumper. Come on, enough now! Amount of bumpers you can run in at graded level. It's a that's it's a nonsense, isn't it? I'm no, don't blame he's his connections for doing it, but he's not know. allowed at Cheltenham, is he? No, he's not. That that because you 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 can only have had a maximum of five, four, it, can't you? Four, before you run in one of those, I think, okay. or is it maybe even three? You might be right. There is an exception for graded races as well. Um, I can't remember off the top of my head. But it, he wouldn't know. I don't think he could. He can do that. So, no, he, def uh, he definitely can't run at Cheltenham. I know that much. Um, uh, but isn't horses, it? Just, horses isn't are it not just... not to have run in more than three previous races or four races if the fourth run was in a pattern or listed race during the current season. Right. So he can't. He can't do that. But I, I don't know. I guess they got to. They got to get him cracking somewhere, and maybe they just don't want to run him over hurdles this season and keep him a novice. But. That's clearly it, isn't it? I mean, yeah. it, is, it is frustrating. It does mean that he's going to be, you know, relatively old going novice hurdling for the first mm. time. And it's, not, it's, a... it's not just him either, is it? It's Redemption Day, who's got loads of championship bumper form from like two years back. It's, you know, I, I'm i uncomfortable with bumper races having become a thing <laughs> rather than what they should be, which are an educative stepping stone to going to the real thing. I mean, this is jump racing. It's not flat racing. So I think that surreptitiously this whole um, ecosystem of pattern bumper races has been allowed to grow too big. And uh, if, if I ruled the world, uh, I would ruthlessly prune it. If. <laughs> when. <laughs> Stand by. I think we are, I think we are, I think we already know the order of things. <laughs> I have to check with you first though. Nick. All right, lightning doesn't strike twice, or does it? You'll remember we followed the story of Mage all the way through last year from hugely inexperienced 3-year-old through Fountain of Youth Florida Derby Kentucky Derby and beyond. Now, same connections are represented by an unraced three-year-old in the 11.30 a.m. second race on uh, the undercard of Pegasus World Cup Saturday. Uh, Ramiro Restrepo, our good podcast friend, is with me now. Victory Avenue is the horse's name. Unraced, been working well, it seems, and there's a bit of buzz about this horse. Are you going to do it again? This game, uh, to dream is for free. So uh, let's see if we can put it all together. He was a two-year-old purchase in June. He's a... Uh out of, you know, a family of arrogant. He's a son of arrogant out of Scat Daddy, two, out of Scat Daddy Mayor, two stallions that we lost too soon. He's extremely talented in the mornings, uh, does some special things. But, you know, unlike Mage, that was a six-year-old horse mentally, you know, this horse is a, is a little immature. I think you, you see that in the Unbridled Song. Uh, arrogant uh, horses, they need a little time to mature. Um, so hopefully the moment's not too big for him and, and he can he can behave and and you know grasp the the, the day, but uh, you know ability wise, he's he's something special. Sure, something special. You heard it here first. The horse's name is Victory Avenue in race two at Gulfstream Park on Saturday. And all our listeners, and um, particularly those back home, will be interested in Asheen Murphy's rides on Saturday. He's going to do Bider Ride Morge today, and then back Saturday for the 
for the Pegasus. He rides a horse for you called Ocean Vision in the in the seventh race. A horse who you bought at the Royal Ascot sale. Uh, Royal Ascot sale. Yes, he was with Tim Donworth in France. He's a listed winner and a multiple group two-placed horse. We brought him over here. He ran very well at Saratoga fourth. And I think we rushed him back. You know, normally with the Europeans, you, you run off the plane and then give him a little time to acclimate. We were kind of fooled and ran him back a little quick, but we've given him some time to, to get used to the American dirt training. He's been breezing so well over the PETA, and he's two for two over the all-weather in Europe. And just training so so well uh ocean was gonna ride him before that race got rained off and rescheduled so uh he's kind of given us a ride back and uh, we're very happy with him and and hopefully he can you know have a great showing as well all right so tomorrow saturday is the pegasus world cup at gulfstream as i said earlier in the week and as i've said many times there isn't really a race day or a racing experience uh, anything like it anywhere in the world. I'm joined now by uh, Tiffany Steer, who's the VP of Communications for First, who are the parent company of Gulfstream Park. Uh, and Tiffany, you've, you've seen racing all around the country, all, all around the world. Try and sum up Pegasus Day for us. Uh, in one word, it's Thoroughbred's horse racing's hottest party. There is none other like it. It takes the Miami sexy, vibrant, colorful, unique, all the dynamic fun elements that make Miami and South Florida unique and combines that with the world, some of the world's best thoroughbred racehorses, owners and jockeys, and we have a party like none other. Uh, you do. Let's talk a little bit about what might be happening this year because there's always something slightly different. There's always a few surprises for us. Who's playing, who's performing, who's doing their thing, who's entertaining us? Yeah, absolutely. Well, it's always our our mission to provide something new every year. We have to step it up. We have to continue to grow. Um, we're really proud to be working with some incredible partners who are leaders in luxury and lifestyle in their own right. So right off the bat, we are working with Palm Tree Crew and Groot Hospitality's Live Nightclub on the Carousel Club trackside performance that will feature none other than Calvin Harris. Everybody's looking incredibly forward to that. That will happen as a post-race performance. We also have Xandra Pohl and Tyson O'Brien um, performing in the afternoon as well. So really exciting full day of, of events and entertainment out in Carousel Club. We have Groot Hospitality Concepts, Gecko, Komodo, Swan, Pappy Stick. Casadonna that will be delighting our guests in our VIP spaces with culinary delights. We have activations from Heineken, uh, Diageo, Aviator Nation, which is a really, really cool capsule concept this year. Um, the merchandise will be on sale. So there is truly something for everyone. There is. Now, I know the word immersive is a, a pretty awful one that is way overused by by anybody in the in the marketing business around the world. But it's the only word I can think of to accurately describe why the Pegasus is different, because all of what you just described is taking place concurrently with the with the racing. OK, Calvin Harris is playing after the racing's finished, so we can all enjoy him. But it's not as though everything is separate. It, it, you know, people's eyes are fixed on what's going on in front of the grandstand, whatever that may be. But it seems perfect for, for an age where uh, people will not tolerate the idea of boredom or standing still for a minute. Well, you, you know what? You're absolutely right. It's about the integration and sports and entertainment properties have evolved and the experience that people demand has evolved. And you want to provide unique, engaging opportunities that you can't find out anywhere else. And for any of us who have ever been to a horse race, uh, we know how exciting it is to watch the, the glamour and the elegance of those thoroughbreds 
roaring down the track. But then add it with all of the other excitement in it. Add it with sexy and fun and vibrant and great food and music and vibe and fashion. And you have something that is truly a one-of-a-kind experience uh, that you can't find elsewhere. Um, Tiffany, looking forward to the weekend very much, as always. Thanks so much. Looking forward to seeing you, Nick. We appreciate you. All right. Thank you to, to Tiffany there for her thoughts on what is happening off well it's not off the race course it's in and around the racing uh, tomorrow here in in florida i cannot think of a greater contrast between that and goran park yesterday but they are <laughs> they are both glorious i do reckon i uh, two years ago i still i it's still the strangest thing i've ever seen on a race course was a full-on fairly uh, fairly yes full-on burlesque show at on the race course in the middle of the afternoon where was that? Here in, in Gulfstream during the Pegasus. Wow. Uh, Ariana okay. Ar- Ariana Savalas, daughter of Telly. Right. Um and her burlesque troupe put on okay. a put on a a full show. It was quite extraordinary. So the the um Flamingo Room here was sort of the the sort of big smart, you know, hospitality bit in the grandstand. At one point would be all windows open, bright sunshine streaming in, everyone going betting to the windows, people walking around with sort of platters of seafood and things like that. And the next minute it would be uh, completely pitch black. All the the windows were blacked out, the lights went down, and it was like being in cabaret. It it was completely the most bizarre thing. And then 10 minutes later, up go the windows and uh, seven minutes to post till race five. That must have been surreal. How did it? How did it? Uh, uh, no pun intended. Go down with punters. Um, I, I think it's fair to say they were left open mouthed. <laughs> Do you oh, think it would happen at Goran? I don't reckon that um, there have been any sites like that at Goran mm. Park. Uh, not, not intentionally, anyway. Not, not sanctioned, anyway. <laughs> yeah, um, quite. <laughs> Maybe I don't know how many. <laughs> I don't know how many Basques the Goran regulars <laughs> tend to see. But anyway, uh, what was it like yesterday? Oh, it was amazing. It was really, really good. We went there to do a live road to Cheltenham um, in the morning, so me and Ruby Walsh. And we had as our special guest, Jack Kennedy. That was really kind of him. It was really informative and useful. And I called I went- a bit. I called a bit, actually. He was great. He was really good, wasn't he? I mean, Ruby was winding him up about you know not not saying much and being monosyllabic, and he it wasn't at all like that. And uh, so I was I was glad that uh, Jack uh, proved him wrong. Ruby was also very complimentary. I mean, he called him you know an absolutely complete rider with no weaknesses. So uh, you know that's the regard with which Ruby Walsh. Uh, holds uh, Jack Kennedy. So after we'd recorded uh, Road to Cheltenham, I then went and uh, walked the course. I tried to persuade uh, Ruby Walsh to do so with me, but he claimed he hadn't got the right footwear. So off I went uh, by myself and it started raining at that point. But it was really, really informative. It was very pretty. I took lots of photos. Um, and now I understand Gorham Park much better because until you've actually walked it i don't feel that you really sort of you know see it television in particular flattens things out and foreshortens things so having actually had the experience of walking the courses was is always really useful and i'm going to be uh knocking off with the irish race courses one by one in that way uh how many have you got left Oh, loads. I mean, I'm so behind with Ireland. I mean, I've done Britain years and years ago, about more than 20 years ago, I think. Uh, um, and uh, obviously, I'm trying to you know, catch up on point to points in, in, in Britain as well. But I don't think I'll ever 
uh, achieve that fully. Um, but no, yeah, Ireland, I've got loads to do, absolutely loads. And so I've been getting various re recommendations, Leytan, very high up. Uh, fairy house, you know, I've never walked fairy house. I, I wanted, I would like to do that. Um, so yeah, there's loads of loads of places I'd like to go. Um, where would you like to go today for um, punting purposes? Oh, I see. Right. Okay. So I would like to actually go tomorrow if you don't yeah, mind. Yeah, that's it's better. Enough. That's better, to be honest. Okay. So in the time form novices handicap chase, the 1240, the second race on yes. the car, I am wary of Ginny's Destiny, the top weight, who could be a Paul Nichols fast progressive project, which is who is on his way into graded company. But I like the horse right down the bottom, Esperfecto, who I think has improved with each start over fences, is much better off at the weights with Ginny's Destiny now. And I felt just got a bit too far back at Kempton last time. I think the race was already over once he started making his move. And so I think he can definitely be marked up for that. And so he's also got Cheltenham experience. So it's Esperfecto for Alan King and Gavin Sheehan in the 12.40 at Cheltenham on Saturday. Lydia, thank you very much. Um, thank you very much for listening. I've really enjoyed this week and uh, I'm very, very grateful to everyone back home for uh, being ridiculously accommodating um, because obviously the logistics of this are sometimes not completely straightforward. So thank you very much for your support. Thank you for your company. And I will be back again on Monday. Bye for now. You've been listening to Nick Luck Daily, brought to you in association with Fitzdares, the Racehorse Owners Association and Thoroughbred Racing Commentary. Mm -hmm.